0: This audio is brought to you by Muslim Central. Please consider donating to help cover our running costs and future projects by visiting www.Muslimcentral.com forward slash donate. Inshallah, we'll be reading from verse number 23 of Surah Al-Insan or Surah Al-Dahr, page number 606 of the Sahih International Translation. إِنَّا نَحْنُ نَزَّلْنَا عَلَيْكَ الْقُرْآنَ تَنزِيلًا فَاصْبِرْ لِحُكْمِ رَبِّكَ وَلَا تُطِعْ مِنْهُمْ آثِمًا أَوْ كَفُورًا وَاذْكُرِ اسْمَ رَبِّكَ بُكْرَةً وَأَصِيلًا وَمِنَ اللَّيْلِ فَسَجُدْ لَهُ وَسَبِّحْهُ لَيْلًا طَوِيلًا إِنَّ هَٰؤُلَاءِ وَيَذَرُونَ وَرَاءَهُمْ يَوْمًا ثَقِيلًا نَحْنُ خَلَقْنَاهُمْ وَشَدَدْنَا أَسْرَهُمْ وَإِذَا شِئْنَا بَدَّلْنَا أَمْثَالَهُمْ تَبْدِيلًا إِنَّ هَذِهِ تَذْكِرَةَ فَمَنْ شَاءً We praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We thank Him upon all conditions. We send blessings and salutations upon Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, His household, His companions. May Allah bless them all. Ameen. My dearest mothers and sisters, last week we heard the description of Jannah and we heard the gift that Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala would bestow upon those who did good deeds during the short time or the short period that they will be living on earth so after making mention of this reward in verse number 22 Allah says indeed this is for you a reward and your effort has been appreciated so after expressing that Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala then turns to Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam telling him That indeed it is we who have sent down to you, O Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the Qur'an progressively. And as you know, the Qur'an was revealed over a period of 23 years. It was brought down, according to the narrations, to the lowest heavens in one night. When Allah describes the night in Ramadan that the Qur'an was revealed, according to the narrations, some of the narrations, it is brought down to the lowest heavens or from the preserved tablet to the lowest heavens in that night. But when it was revealed to Muhammad sallam to be recited to us and to be given to us, it stretched over a period of 23 years. And the reason is, As the incidents occurred, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala chose to reveal verses clarifying the rulings, the regulations, what He wants from us, etc., etc., as the time passed, so that people could actually find it easier to adopt and to change their lifestyle and their systems. And this is why there are verses in the Qur'an sometimes that might seem to us who may not have that much of knowledge that perhaps something we know is prohibited may well be permissible, yet it is prohibited. For example, the issue of alcohol, where Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about uh, it in stages, and at one stage Allah says, O oh, you who believe, do not come close to prayer while in the condition of intoxication. And from this we might wrongly understand that it's okay if it was not during the timing of prayer. Also when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about the goodness that lies within gambling and alcohol, that it is very little but it is there, uh, people might think, oh wow, well that might mean that we are allowed to drink it or consume it. The answer is no. Those were stages prior to the prohibition of the alcohol and we all know that Muhammad sallallahu has taught us that the last rule applies. This is what it is. So say, for example, in your home you have a rule, and you write it down, and it says there, everyone should be asleep at 10 o'clock. So the children, by the time 5 to 10 comes, they are preparing to sleep, 10 o'clock curfew. A little while later, you write another rule, and you say, now it's 9.30, and sometime later you write 9 o'clock. A child cannot come with the old rule and say, you know what, it's 10 o'clock, and if you ask them... How is it 10 o'clock? And they tell you, well, that's what it said. And that's, I have got a photo. I've taken a photograph of the rule when you wrote with your own hands that it was 10 o'clock. And you would then be able to say, listen, you know and I know and we all know that it's not 10 o'clock. So whether you've taken a photograph or 10 photographs, it doesn't mean anything. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guide us. So this is where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, we revealed the Qur'an over a period of time. Then Allah says, So be patient for the decision of your Lord and do not obey from among them a sinner or ungrateful disbeliever. One who is ungrateful, the term kufr also refers to ingratitude and it also refers to disbelief. So those who disbelieve and those who are ungrateful, don't follow them. You need to be patient regarding the law and the instruction of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You need to be very, very patient when it comes to fulfilling that which Allah has instructed you to fulfill. So Allah says, be patient for the decision of your Lord. Whatever Allah has decreed, whatever He has decided, you be patient. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Be patient regarding the rule or the decision of your Lord. Bear a lot of patience. Don't lose hope. Don't lose patience. But also remember, don't follow a sinner from amongst them. Don't follow those who are ungrateful from amongst them. Those who are ungrateful are those who know that Allah has made them and created them and still they choose to disobey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and they don't turn to Allah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us a good turning point. Ameen. Then verse number 25, Allah says, Mention the name of your Lord in prayer morning and evening. This is an instruction, obviously the verses were revealed to Muhammad, but for all of us, mention the name of your Lord in prayer, morning and evening. And prayer here refers to obviously the five daily prayers as well as the adhkar, the remembrance of Allah and supplication. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, With Kurisma Bukratan wa asila. Mention the name of your, of your Lord in supplication, in prayer, in remembrance, morning and evening. So my mothers and sisters, it's important for us to understand the benefit of this when we indeed, when we repeat the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the praise of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, subhanallah, alhamdulillah, la ilaha illallah, Allahu akbar. لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له له الملك وله الحمد يحيي وهو على كل These words are taken from the words of Muhammad He used to use those words. So it's important for us to use the same words. Praise be to Allah. Glory be to Allah. Allah is the greatest. There is none worthy of worship besides Allah, etc., etc. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us from among those who spend a few moments to say these words. Sometimes we're lying down doing nothing. What is... What is it costing you to praise Allah? Nothing. But we didn't think about it. We were just sitting, relaxing, thinking, doing something else. The, the, the praise of Allah is such that even while you're cooking, while you're walking, while you're driving, while it, everything else, you can remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Except. When you are talking, subhanallah, because while you're talking, then the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would have to be perhaps within your consciousness, You are conscious of Allah. That too is considered remembrance of Allah, but it won't be verbal because you cannot use your mouth for two things at once. But when you're driving, you can do something that does not contradict with that driving. And that would be to say a few words, to say subhanallah, alhamdulillah, to read maybe the Quran from that which you know of by heart. Uh, So the point I'm raising is Sometimes when we are busy doing other things We should just moisten our tongues With the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala It's very important We will derive lots and lots of benefit But the problem is you need to think about it In order to be able to start doing it Once you get used to it Inshallah it will be easy But initially you will have to think about it. Hey, I'm sitting doing nothing. Let me just say subhanallah a few times. There's no fixed number that you have to say. It's voluntary. You can say it as many times as you want. Subhanallah, alhamdulillah, la ilaha illallah, Allahu Akbar. (laughs) Subhanallahi <laughs> wa وَبِحَمْدِهِ عَدَدَ wa rida nafsihi وَزِنَةَ عَرْشِهِ وَمِدَادَ كَلِمَاتِهِ beautiful meanings of those lovely words of praise for Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala so verse number 26 Allah says and during the night prostrate to him and exalt him a long part of the night this is an instruction to Muhammad and obviously an encouragement for all of us at night you prostrate to Allah this is speaking of the voluntary prayers If you'd like to get up for tahajjud, you would have fulfilled this as well. And even if you were just to read your five daily prayers correctly, properly, you would have fulfilled this. This is an instruction of Allah telling you and me and all of us. Allah is saying during the night, prostrate to Him, prostrate to Allah and exalt Him, praise Him a long part of the night. Now with us, subhanAllah, the longest part of the night, we spend sleeping, snoring, subhanAllah. But... That too we understand. For as long as we would get up for Salatul Fajr and for as long as we have read our Salatul Isha, do you know that Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi says, you may get a reward of having stood up the entire night in prayer. One narration says, whoever reads in Jama'ah Salatul Isha and whoever reads in Jama'ah Salatul Fajr they would have the reward of having stood up in prayer the whole night and obviously with the women folk there is no encouragement to have gone to the masjid so they would definitely be receiving that reward even though may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us goodness so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says indeed these disbelievers love the immediate and they leave behind the grave day they leave behind them the grave day they love the immediate what does that mean that is something serious it means those who disbelieve those who are ungrateful they love that which is in front of their eyes forgetting that there is a day to come that will be bigger than everything you've ever had more important So Allah says, they love that which is immediate in front of them. I want, what do I want? I want to be the wealthiest, the healthiest. I want to have the best of everything and I will work towards it and I'm not worried about the hereafter. If that's the case, person doesn't believe. But a believer would say, I am more worried about the hereafter, but still I I would like to earn to lead a decent life. I, I would like to live comfortably on earth in order to help me obey Allah's instruction. We don't live comfortably in order to show people off in a way that we have to undress for people to say, wow, mashallah. Nice legs, <laughs> you're not supposed to be seeing those legs or exposing them. What, how hypocritical to say, MashaAllah, Tabarakallah, for something you're not supposed to be seeing and something they're not supposed to be exposing. Wow, subhanAllah. You'd rather say, Alhamdulillah, Allah has bestowed upon me His favor. I'm going to fulfill salah. Allah has bestowed upon me His favor. I'm going to cover myself correctly. I'm going to make sure I don't disobey Allah. Then you will be able to appreciate the gifts of Allah. Otherwise... My mothers and sisters, whatever, whatever you have earned on earth, you will never be able to benefit from it personally for more than just a few years. Never. Unless you have spent it in the right direction and done with it the right thing. Your time, your health, your wealth, your life, your everything else. Whatever you've spent in the right direction or whatever you have tried your best to. Uh, Use within the obedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala He will definitely grant you a beautiful reward So my mothers and sisters This is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala asking us to prostrate to Him for a long part of the night to praise Him too Allahu Akbar So I want to call upon you and upon myself as well to try our best to engage in some form of voluntary prayer at night May Allah make me strong and may Allah make us all strong to increase that voluntary prayer that we we engage in at night, even if it means two extra voluntary units, it would mean that you fulfilled your five daily prayers and now you are so happy that you want to give more to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or you have difficulties, you want to call out to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala either way. Some people read because they're so happy that what Allah has blessed them. Those are few. But some people read because they are in a problem. Those are in majority. That's why Allah keeps us in problems, issues, difficulties. Because Allah says Sometimes if we had given man Whatever he wished He would have forgotten us He wouldn't even know we existed Suddenly boom He's dead He comes back to us And he was totally oblivious Of the fact he was going to meet us So Allah says Don't love the immediate To the degree That you have forgotten Behind you A day That is so great That's the next verse We've already already spoken about it Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says Thereafter We have created them and strengthened their forms. And when we will, we can change their likeness with the complete alteration. This verse, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is explaining how powerful He is, how independent He is, how He can do what He wants, and how we don't even have a choice. We don't even have a choice when it comes to the decree of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now what does this mean? When Allah created you and I, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has chosen to give us a limited choice. He will ask us about that limited choice, but he knows ultimately how we will use it and he can take away that choice whenever he wants and he can actually do whatever he wishes. So if someone says, well, if Allah had, if Allah knows whether I'm going to heaven or hell, then what's the point of having put me through all of this? Well, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave you this life. And he did not tell you a thing. He gave you what you know as a choice. So keep on using it. Right now, if I ask you to stand up, would you be able to stand up? The answer is yes, I would be able to stand up. But by the help of Allah. But if I don't make an effort at all, I'm guilty of not having even tried. Yet Allah says, I gave you the energy, I gave you the strength, I told you to stand for salah, but you still didn't. So those who say, I'm not going to pray because if it was decreed for me to go to heaven, I'm going to go to heaven. Let me tell you, it probably was decreed that you are going to be so stupid that you would end up in hell. Astaghfirullah. You can't say that because you know you have the energy, you know you have the capacity, you know it's to do with your laziness or strength. So you have to put that effort, you have to make the effort. If Allah blocked you and stopped you thereafter, then He won't hold you responsible for that. Say, for example, a person tries to get up and suddenly they are paralyzed, they drop. Allah's not going to ask you, why did you drop? We dropped you, that's what it is. But when you yourself dropped, you jumped off a cliff and then you say, oh Allah, I was just walking, you know, the Pokemon, we were just going down the cliff and I was just looking straight ahead. And I was quite convinced that if taqdeer had held, I would have walked in the air, you know. Well, you were a definite Pokemon being poked, subhanAllah. Poked by the devil, isn't it? May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive us. We hear of people dying because of this game, walking and trying to pick. I saw a sign this morning on someone's wiper. Uh, in the Middle East, it was on the internet. They had put a sign, uh, you know, a little note saying uh, to his neighbor that if I find any of these Pokemons in your house, please, can I enter your home? Allahu Uh, Those who know what I'm talking about would know what I'm saying. It's something dangerous. The ulama have actually issued fatwas uh, banning that game, saying it's haram because it's killed a lot of people, a lot of young children. Anyway, that's not our topic. Let's go back to what we were saying. Allah has decreed things and Allah has decided things. But Allah has given you a choice. Within a limit He is the one who chose for you That you would have a choice And He can block it and stop it But for as long as you have that choice You are responsible He will ask you about how you used the choice So you came here today Because there was an effort that was made right? But if Allah wanted to block you He would have blocked you Don't tell me, oh so visitors came Bring the visitors along as well That's not a good enough excuse <coughs> May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us understanding But what I mean is If Allah has stopped us and blocked us, subhanAllah, say you were on your way and suddenly somebody bashed into you. May Allah not let that happen to any one of us. But it can and if it does, you have to take it in your stride. You won't be able to attend probably because you'll be attending to something that came up that was out of your control. And even if you bashed into someone by mistake, that was a mistake. So now what happened is you were delayed. Delayed by what? Something that cropped up that was not planned. That was Allah's plan. If you bashed into someone, you might be asked, why did you bash into someone? But if someone bashed into you, you're not going to be asked about it at all. Why did they bash into you? No, I don't know. They were careless, whatever else. So let's understand this decree. The decree of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is such that indeed ultimately He knows where you're going to end up. But that doesn't mean that He forced you to get there. It doesn't mean He was unjust. It means He gave you the choice and He knows how you're going to use it. And if you make dua and He changes for you a course, He knew that you were going to make the dua and the course was going to be changed as a result of that particular dua. For example, because we are taught that when you pray, when you give charity, you can actually change the course of your destiny within limits, within in a limited way. Subhanallah. That's Allah. How it happens, I don't know. I've just read in the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ and it's an authentic narration. So I just believe it to say, I will make dua. That's the whole reason why we make dua. If that wasn't the case, we wouldn't have ever prayed. Subhanallah. So, my mothers and sisters, I hope we understand that certain things we may not be able to grasp completely, but we know as human beings that we have the capacity. Within a certain extent, I have the limits. I've got money in my pockets and there is a person asking for charity or I've got a cause and I'm just not taking it out from my pocket. And, I've, and I say, well, if Allah wants, he'll drive my hand into my pocket and make me take out. Stop insulting Allah. He gave you the brains and he gave you the capacity and he gave you the, the ability to put your hand in and to take it out. And he wants you to do that because that's part of your test. It's like a genius who knows all the answers and goes into the exam room and says, look, you know what, I know all the answers, but uh, if it was written for me, then these, these answers would just appear suddenly on my answer sheet. Well, it was written that you are going to be stupid on the day and you are going to fail because of that stupidity. So there's no point in knowing the answers, but not putting them down on the paper on the day. And then telling them, you know what, while well, I was just waiting for decree, if it was meant, well it was meant. It's like a man comes to Umar ibn Khattab Allah anhu when his hand was supposed to be amputated due to serious robbery that he had uh, uh, committed. And he says, Oh Umar ibn Khattab anhu. It was in my takdir or destiny that I was supposed to steal. So how is it that you want to cut my hand or amputate it? And Umar ibn Khattab says, well, it was also in your destiny that it was going to be amputated. Therefore, it's going to be amputated. Simple answer. I'm sure we've heard that before. So my mothers and sisters, this is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reminding us and telling us. Yeah, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, well, in the same verse, he tells us that he can change their likenesses. This has a powerful meaning. Allah can change everything and anything, the condition, the appearance, and everything else. Sometimes when a person deserves that they, uh, their condition be changed in a very bad way as a punishment, Allah can do it. And sometimes as a test also, Allah does it. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make things easy for us. Allah says, verse number 29, Indeed, this is a reminder. He's telling us, Indeed, this is a reminder. So he who wills may take to his Lord away. He who wills may choose the right path to his Lord. This is just a reminder. You want to get to Allah. You want to get to the good place. You want to win on the day of judgment. You are concerned about the day you will die. Then this is a reminder. Whoever wants, well, he now knows the path. Allah says, and you do not will accept that which Allah wills. Indeed Allah is ever knowing and wise What this means is Ultimately nobody can go against the will of Allah When he gives you a choice It's up to him How to limit it and how much to limit it to And when he decides to take that choice away It's up to him But everything happens according to the will of Allah He says You use the energies and the capacities that I've given you To achieve what you believe is beneficial for you Leave the rest in my hands. And even that, if I want to stop it and block it halfway, I will block it halfway. So many examples. A person desperately wants to get married to someone. And we've given this example so many times because it's real. So they try hard, they go forth, they put forward proposals, they talk to this one, they talk to that one. But no matter how hard they try, the other person just doesn't want to marry them. Or there is such a big blockage that it just doesn't happen. Now what? Now to be able to surrender at that point after having tried as hard as you could to the decree of Allah is part of belief in Allah. Allah says, look, we didn't choose it for you. It's over. The door is closed. But to become depressed after that and lose your whole life based on something of that nature is a sign of the weakness of faith and your lack of understanding of what the world is all about. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guide us all. And when I say this, what is of importance to make mention of is we should not be obstacles in the marriages of others if what they are seeking for is within what Allah has permitted. Don't be an obstacle. And I'm talking here about parents and brothers and sisters and uncles and aunts and whoever else it may be, whoever, anyone in authority. But at the same time, we should never become depressed when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has written that something won't happen or it may delay or it may never happen. There are some people, they never end up getting married because they tried and they tried hard, but it just wasn't written, for example, for them, not like they didn't try. So they are not to blame. A person who doesn't try at all, they are to blame. They are to blame. Definitely, they, they are part of their own problem. It was written that they were not going to utilize the energies and capacity that Allah gave them so they will taste a little bit of it. So you can't say, look, I, you know, it was in my taqdeer, like a person who doesn't go to work and then he expects, you know, handouts. And he says, ah, it was in my taqdeer, but you never made an effort. You never went out. You never went out to earn, to try and get something in order to feed your family, etc., etc. So that's the reason why you share part of the blame. But if you made an effort and still, there are people who go out looking for jobs. There's someone who messages me every day, a friend of mine, and he says, please, I'm looking for a job. Please, I'm looking for a job. And I tell him, look, the maximum I could do for you is, number one, make dua for you, and number two, speak about it to some people. But there's, there's not more than that, that I could actually do at the end of the day. I don't control jobs and so on. But if he didn't try at all, he would be blame, blameworthy. So this is why Allah says at the end of the day, the taqdeer is in place in order that when you get something, you don't become too excited and relate it solely to yourself and become arrogant and haughty, knowing that we can take it away. And secondly, when you lose something, you don't become depressed, knowing that we are the ones who didn't allow it to happen. Allahu Akbar. لِكَيْ لَا تَأْسَوْا عَلَى مَا فَاتَكُمْ وَلَا تَفْرَحُوا بِمَا آتَكُمْ Allah says, مَا أَصَابَ مِن مُصِيبَةٍ إِلَّا بِإِذْنِ اللَّهِ In Surah Al Hadid, Allah says, Whatever calamity, whatever difficulty has got to you, it was already written a long time ago in a tablet that Allah chose to write it in. So Allah says, The reason why we wrote it is not because we want to force you to go through something or not. He gave the reasoning by saying, The reason is so that you do not become depressed regarding what you have lost and you do not become arrogant or haughty or so happy that you forget allah regarding what you have been given it's all related to allah that's allah's goodness so when a person mashallah they earn their first million and they start becoming arrogant and they want to go to the clubs and they want to wear clothing i know wallahi my mothers and sisters i'm not talking of our community but i'm talking of internationally i know of people who used to wear Proper clothing, and the day they became wealthy, they abandoned it. I promise you, I promise you. And I make a dua, I'm not judging them, I'm only mentioning what we've seen. And I'm not saying they were bad people, but I'm saying, May Allah subhanahu wa taala guide us and guide them all. When you made your first million, you become even closer to Allah. You decide, let's go for Hajj. Well, Hajj, my mothers and sisters, is well before the million, do you know that? Hajj is well, well before the million. And I want to encourage you to fulfill Hajj while you can. Other countries are struggling, struggling. They cannot make Hajj. Here in Zimbabwe, we are so fortunate that if you apply for Hajj, the chances of getting through are almost 100% every year because the numbers are small. But there are countries where they've been trying for years on end and they don't even know if they're going to make it. So before that time comes, and if you can't afford it, that's Allah who chose that you have to go. You have to go. There's no option. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make it easy for us all. So this is Allah. I, I spent a few moments trying to explain to you this issue of decree and what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has said that we don't will accept that which Allah wills. Indeed, Allah is ever-knowing and wise. Now one might say, well, you know the kuffar, the disbelievers, surely they are willing what Allah wills. Like I said, they are responsible within the choice that Allah has given them. If Allah didn't give them a choice, then they are not responsible. And this is the beauty of taqdeer, the beauty of answerability on the Day of Judgment. When Allah, it's like your father tells you, listen... Take this money and I'd like you to go to the shops and I'd like you to buy the following items. And he gives you a list and you say, oh, mashallah, thank you so much. You take the money and you're gone. What what did you do with the money? (laughs) Something else. You went to have a party, you phoned your friends, you went to have tea at this place and you went to another place and you came back in the evening and what happened? You say, oh, dad, you know what? It was taqdeer, man. Destiny, Allah destined that, you know what? I was going to use that money on something else. You're going to get, in our language, a tight clap, right? (laughs) May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us ease. What I mean is you will be disciplined, you will be reprimanded, yes. You will be reprimanded because you cannot use, the whole world knows that you cannot use the excuse of decree and destiny to have done something wrong. Well, the same applies with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You never use the excuse of destiny to have done something wrong, exactly. If you think of what I just said, it's the explanation of everything. You don't ever use the excuse of destiny for justifying the wrong that happened. But if you took the money and you went out and you know, uh, someone stole the money, may Allah not let that happen to us. But if that did happen, you can come back home and say, dad, you know what, as I walked out, somebody just stole that money. Dad will say, no, don't worry, never mind. So long as you're safe, you're okay, it's okay. So imagine one example was you came, you came back without the money, and you had fun and you were reprimanded and the other is you came back without the money you didn't have fun you didn't get anything but you were said you were told you know what never mind it's okay it's fine so long as you're okay i'm okay look at that may allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help us understand decree may allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help us understand that we cannot blame him for our sins and we cannot use the excuse of decree although Because of his knowledge, and decree is made up of two things. One is the power of Allah, and two is the knowledge of Allah. His power can take away the choice, and his knowledge knows how the choice is going to be used. That doesn't mean that you are not responsible. You are responsible. So he knows ultimately how it's going to end, because that's him, that's his knowledge. He knows everything. The last verse here, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, He admits whom he wills into his mercy, but the wrongdoers he has prepared for them a painful punishment. So whom Allah wills, He admits into His mercy. This is why I keep on asking Allah to admit you into His mercy. Oh Allah, have mercy on us. Allahumma rahamna, Allahumma lana, dhunubana wa anna, sayyiatina wa tawaffana ma'al abrar. Oh Allah, have mercy on us. Oh Allah, forgive us. Oh Allah, grant us resurrection with those who are good and pious. We want good company after we die, so therefore we will try to be in the best company while we're alive. Wow, beautiful. If you want good company while you're or after you've passed away, make sure that you're in good company when you're alive. As simple as that. That's actually a powerful statement. If you ensure and you try to be among good people when you're alive, you'll be resurrected with the same people or with better people or at least with good people. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make it easy for us. With this, we have come to an end of this particular surah. And I'd like to move on to the next surah, although I didn't recite it at the beginning. It's surah al-mursalat, where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, also describes uh, matters of belief and so on. It's a beautiful surah, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, has kept in it short verses, sharp verses. He starts off with an oath, mursalati Urfa." فالعاصفات عصفا والناشرات نشرا فالفارقات فرقا فالملقيات ذكرا عذرا أو نذرا إنما توعدون لواقع فَإِذَا النُّجُومُ طُمِسَتْ وَإِذَا السَّمَاءُ فُرِجَتْ وَإِذَا الْجِبَالُ نُسِفَتْ وَإِذَا الرُّسُلُ لِأَيِّ يَوْمٍ أُجِّلَتْ لِيَوْمِ الْفَصْلِ وَمَا يَوْمُ الْفَصْلِ Allahu Akbar. Allah swears an oath. And why? Let's see why. Allah is taking an oath. He makes a promise, an oath. He says, I swear by the winds set forth in gusts. Very quickly, we've said it in the past, let's say it again. We are only allowed to swear an oath by Allah, His names and attributes. Allah is allowed to swear an oath with anything He wishes, and He has sworn oaths with those things that He has considered uh, items of our reflection, that He has created... And they are considered great. Great in the sense that, you know, the sun and the moon, the winds, etc. Allah is asking us to ponder over these things. That's why He swears an oath by those things that He has created. We are not allowed to swear an oath by anything besides Allah. So you can't say, I swear by the water, I swear by this bottle, I swear by my mother, I swear by the life of my mother, I swear by the life of my father, I swear by the throat of my child. I've heard people saying that. Wallahi, I've heard Muslims say that. I swear by the life of my mother. I've heard people say that. Totally haram. That's considered association, a partnership with Allah. لا من كان بالله Don't ever swear oaths with your fathers and whoever else. Whoever wants to swear an oath, it should be solely and only by the name of Allah. I swear by Allah. People say, I swear by the neck of my child, meaning the life of my little one. Why do you say that? And guess what? They lie sometimes. They lie. Allah. They lie. You don't have to swear such an oath. You swear by Allah alone, nothing else. Remember that, my mothers and sisters, it's a serious issue. So that's a point that we just raised while we're talking about verse number one. Allah says, I swear by the winds set forth in gusts. And by the winds that blow violently, urfan, عُرْفًا asifati asfan." Then Allah says, And by the winds that spread the clouds, nashirati nashran." Then Allah says, And those angels who bring criterion, al fariqat farqa Allah says, Fal-Mulqiyati-Dhikran, the, the angels that bring, and by the angels that, who bring the criterion, the Qur'an, the revelation, and those angels who deliver a message as justification or warning, that's the message. Now Allah has sworn these oaths, five verses full of oaths. Then Allah says, what is he swearing about? What is the oath all about? The oath, Allah is taking an oath that indeed what you are promised is definitely going to occur. Allahu Akbar. These are powerful verses. Indeed, definitely, most definitely, what we have told you is going to happen, is definitely going to happen. That's why Allah swore these oaths. Wow, scary, isn't it? Then Allah says, so when the stars are obliterated, and when the heaven is opened up, and when the mountains are blown away, and when the messengers time has come, for what day was it postponed? It was postponed for the Day of Judgment. And what can make you know what the Day of Judgment is? Woe, destruction on that day to the deniers. Those who denied the day, they will be in total destruction. They will be at a loss. Allah says, did we not destroy the former people? Then we will follow them with the later ones, Allah says. Thus do we deal with the criminals. Woe on that day to the deniers." Now this is Allah saying, "W." This is repeated so many times in this particular surah. Allah says, "Woe or destruction be on that day to those who denied it." Well, imagine people deny that there's going to be a hereafter, and they die. they die. So when they die, destruction be upon those who were denying because now you're dead, you're gone back to Allah, you're meeting with Allah, you're going to be answering to Allah. You used to disbelieve, you used to think there's nothing coming after death. Now you're there, now what? Now what you're going to do? People told you, don't walk down this gully, don't walk down this alley. There are lions there. You walk down, now the lions are there. Now what? You can't go back because those people already warned you. Subhanallah. From CCTV, they're probably laughing at you. Astaghfirullah. So this is why it is said even in the Qur'an that the angels on that day who are the guardians of hellfire, they will be asking, hey, didn't a messenger come to you reminding you of this day? And the people will nod their heads saying, you know what, yeah, we heard the messages, we heard the messages, but hey, we just didn't believe, we didn't really think this would actually happen. Well, Allah says, we warned you, we told you. So Allah says, whoa, on that day to the deniers, did we not create you from a liquid? Here Allah is referring to the semen. Did we not create you from a liquid disdained, and we placed in it a firm lodging in the womb for a known extent, known period of time, and we determined it? And excellent are we to determine, meaning we are the ones who determine in the best way. So Allah says, Don't you know where you came from? That's what Allah is trying to ask all of us. Where were you before you were born? Where were you? Before you were even in the wombs of your mothers, where were you? Allah is asking you to sit and think, think. And He's answered the question actually for all of us. He says, you were just a droplet, Allahu Akbar. And prior to that, you were nothing. That's the previous surah we heard where Allah says, لم يكن and مذكورا. Man was nothing that he could even mention about. He was not a he, he was not a she, he was not even an it. He was zero, he was not even a droplet. Before that, he was nothing. We made him. Then Allah says we determined and excellent a determine, a determiner we are Allah says woe on that day to the deniers we have not made the earth a container of the living and the dead have we not made the earth a container of the living and the dead that's what Allah is asking alam naj'alil arda ahya'an wa Look at the earth, Allah is saying, it contains those who are alive and all those who were alive. Allahu Akbar. That's powerful. Allah is saying, we are powerful, we are powerful. This earth, all those who are alive are on it. And all those who were alive are on it. How? Some on top and some underneath. There goes, that's Allah. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying, And we placed on the earth lofty, firmly set mountains and have given you to drink sweet water. Woe on that day to the deniers, those who denied all of this, they will be told, proceed to that which you used to deny, proceed to a shadow of smoke having three columns, but having no cool shade and availing not against the flame. Indeed, it throws sparks as huge as a fortress. as if they were yellowish black camels subhanallah allah is describing the torment the fire the punishment Woe on that day to the deniers this is a day they will not speak nor will they be permitted for them to make an excuse they are not permitted to make any excuse it's not even permitted because they won't even be able to speak Woe on that day to the deniers. Allah says in another verse in the Quran, their hands will bear witness, their feet will bear witness, their organs will bear witness against them. My mothers and sisters, the way out is to seek forgiveness of Allah. Seek Allah's forgiveness, everything will be wiped out. He loves those who seek forgiveness. So Allah says, woe on that day to the deniers. This is the day of judgment. We will have assembled you and all the former people. So if you have a plan, then plan against me, Allah says. Bring your plan. Where's your plan against me? You were a big man. You were someone big on earth. We warned you not to become haughty and arrogant. Today, we are asking you, who is the big one? Who is the king? Who is in charge here? What say do you have? Zero. Nothing. So plan against me. Plot. Let's see what you can do. Nothing. فَإِن كَانَ لَكُمْ كَيْدٌ Allahu Akbar. Allah is saying, if they have, if you have any plan plotting against me, come, let's see, plan, plot against me. Woe on that day to the deniers. Indeed, the righteous... Now Allah, verse number 41, is giving us hope. Everything so far has been quite scary, isn't it? So Allah says, Indeed, the righteous will be among the shades and springs, and fruits from whatever they desire... This is speaking about those who were righteous, those who sought forgiveness, those who turned their ways and habits, became closer to Allah. Those who tried, they will be told, eat and drink in satisfaction for what you used to do. You used to do so many good deeds. You used to spend, you used to obey our instruction. You used to protect yourself from sin and you used to seek our forgiveness. Now you can eat and drink to your satisfaction, whatever you want. Indeed, thus we reward the doers of good. And Allah says, woe on that day to the deniers. Allah will tell the deniers, eat and enjoy yourselves a little, a little. Oh, disbelievers in this world, you can eat and enjoy yourselves a little. But indeed you are criminals. Woe on that day to the deniers. And when it is said to them, bow, they do not bow. When it is said to them, pray, they do not pray. Those are the deniers. May Allah make us regular with our prayers. May Allah help us all. Allah says, woe on that day to the deniers. Verse number 48, he says, the, the deniers that we are speaking about are those whom, when they are told to pray, when they are told to prostrate, when they are told to bow in ruku'a, they don't do it. They just don't do it. They have better things to do. Better things to do. Such as what? I don't even want to mention things that make us miss our salah. But when Allah tells us pray, and we think we have better things to do, so we are either sleeping, we are playing a game, we are entertaining guests, we are busy putting makeup, we are busy doing whatever else, we are busy playing golf, whatever it is. If you have done all of that, for example, without having gone against the instruction of Allah, then you still have hope. But if you are doing all of that, and and paying for it, the prayer that you were supposed to pray, then you are at a loss. I'm not saying, don't don't go and play golf. I am saying that when you are playing golf, don't miss your salah. I'm not saying, don't entertain your guests, but I'm saying, when you are entertaining your guests, salah time, drop everything, fulfill your salah. No matter how, in inverted commas, embarrassing, some people might think it is, it is actually not. How? I've got these top guests. You know, the minister came to my house. How can I tell him, look, I'm going to pray. Allahu Akbar. I know of rulers of certain countries whom they just gave up big, big meetings and said, listen, we're going to pray. That's it. You can think what you want. This is my duty to Allah. That's it. And who are we? May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help us. So this verse, Allah says, Woe on that day to the deniers. The last verse of this beautiful surah, Allah says, Then... In what statement after the Qur'an will they believe? After this Qur'an, what will they believe in? If they don't want to believe in the Qur'an, what are they going to believe in? In this Allah shows us the power, the beauty, the mercy, and at the same time, the authentication of the Qur'an, the fact that it is absolutely authentic. If you don't believe in the authenticity of the Qur'an, there is no other book that has that type of authenticity. So what is it that you're going to believe in? May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us steadfast. Wa sallallahu wa baraka ala nabina Muhammad.